Okay, here we go. After Party 17, where we talk about... Now, we're only talking about two this time, right? Nope. Three. Nope. So, we got 51, 52... And 53. You listen to it today, and it's all about Shakara. Oh, that's right. Well... Thanks for remembering me. No, it's just I forgot that we're going to release that before uh, we have this after party, so that's... that's pretty much just my fault. Anyway, <laughs> episode 51, Sub- Submersion, is uh, where we're going to start. And I believe we were starting where the cave was flooding and we were all trying our best to get out to survive, right? No, that was what Shaft was doing. I mean, at the beginning of the, of the Submersion episode. Yeah, and I think you did too. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just uh, making... I think you, I, I'm sorry, I think, I think you couldn't make up your mind, at least, yeah, you were trying to decide if you were going to Leave Falzern for dead or then jump down something. I'm just making fun of how your turns were literally just running away the whole time. I think Elena's throwing shade. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I'll be back for you, Falzern. I think it was a uh, tactical retreat. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Call it what you want. Yeah, let's talk about that. The the cave was flooding pretty quick and we were up and around. I think that's when you guys had the wall cave in to give you a nice clear shot at getting back to uh, to the crabs, right? Yeah. And Shaft was the only one that knew the water-breathing potions didn't work? I think I shouted that out. Oh, did you? Yeah, he did. I'm sorry, I was busy gobbling Bill as the breathing pod. Yeah. (laughs) Nom, 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 nom. (laughs) That's right. So you want to get into the the whole thing about Gozer being the the cave-in on Gozer and then, uh, you know, how that all came about? Yeah, I mean, this has been kind of a weird series of episodes, just because, like, the last batch of three, right, there was no real definitive answer on Gozer's fate, and really there still isn't. I'm not dead yet! <laughs> so, and also, like, you know, there was uh, there was one point, I forget what episodes it was between, but there was, like, a gap of, like, three weeks before between when we played. So... Some of the, you know, our, our, as players, you had, you guys had more time than what it, of course, seemed in, in actual play to adjust to what happened. Like, I think what, what, right at the cave-in, which was like, what was that yeah. episode, 50 or whatever? That's where we took a pause. Yeah, there was a big break between that. There and was then time like, oh, to shit, digest. What happens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know uh, Mike had mentioned to me uh, when I was talking to him about, he said it, you know, it sounded like it was maybe sort of we all knew that she was going to die and I are potentially dead. And I said, no, I didn't have any idea that Gozer would potentially so hard die. to not say anything to you for so long. So elaborate on what you just said. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Because I didn't know. So anything. I had been feeling frustrated with Gozer. She it was really hard to express any of my thoughts and feelings and anything I wanted to say because of the way that Gozer talks. She says three words that mean 20 words. And it was hard to get that across. So I was frustrated with that. I was frustrated with just her, her story was pretty much told, especially after Thuff died. Once, once Thuff died, that was, I mean, I don't want to say there was no point to Gozer, but Everything she had been trying to do kept failing. 
And I was, I just felt like her story was done. And I, I wanted to move on. So I had been planning with Leland for quite a while to kill her off. Now, you, you didn't know it was going to happen, though, right? No, I didn't know when it was going to happen. But you were acting quite depressed as Gozer. Like, the listener could pick up on that. Well, yeah, I mean, Gozer had been beaten down by the world. She was depressed, and I think it really was, I mean, I don't want to say a fitting end. Um, She could have turned it around. She could have came back. She could have contributed to the group more, but Emily was done being Gozer. Did you have, perhaps, like, maybe weeks and weeks ago, did you have some alternative plans? I think this has come out a bit when we've been chatting about things that you... Other ways that you thought maybe Gozer could leave the party. Yes, yes. So Gozer and Thuft planned to go take over the mountain where the goblins were, Thuft's mountain. And Gozer was going to become not only king, but general. Because somehow general is higher than king in that mountain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So that was Gozer's plan, and then Thuft died. Thematic, I mean, this is one of those things I think happens in D&D games, right? People get uh, they, they get into a character, maybe they pick something that they thought that would be fun to play, and after they play for a little while, they, they sort of feel that maybe it's not the thing for them and they want to change something up. I think the way that you and Leland handled it was great because you didn't know when it was going to happen. You just discussed that it potentially could happen in some way. Right. I had an idea of when. I had no idea how. Well, I, I will say that as the opportunity became more and more clear, uh, one in the direction in which you guys were heading and some of the events that had already played out, I was able to basically, you know, narrow it down where, okay, this is most likely going to happen here for you. I will say that I definitely did not think Gozer, uh, well, okay, let me put it this way. I did not hope that Gozer was going to die in that specific part. I had in my head some other much more impactful, in my opinion, death that may or may not have occurred in a place that you may or may not have already been. So you had some plans. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, we both knew she was going to die. But and again, yeah, as it, as it became more and more clear, and this opportunity uh, just basically arose, we took advantage of it. Which is a big part of why we didn't try to keep her going. Like if I had been trying to live when I went down that hallway, I would have remembered the relentless endurance. I would have remembered that I was raging, so all the damage was halved, and all this stuff. I would have been trying to get out. Sure, it was but a little lax. We, yeah. we kind of gave up on her. I think for me, when Thuff died, there was this moment that felt impactful right it felt like oh god what just happened and we were all just sort of surprised that it actually it went down i don't think we had necessarily had that moment when gozer went down so i felt that you know shaft felt that gozer was still able to be saved in some way oh, i get it you right? all love that Thuff more than gozer and yeah, that's fine no i just i think <laughs> Thuff Thuff there was no doubt when he had pustules burst and he went into a big pool you know, of goo, there was no doubt that that Thuft was dead. You were just buried under some coral, right? And water, yeah. Yeah, but... Lots of water. Exactly. But there was a point where, you know, I think Shaft said, 
you know, I got to get back to get the crab. Essentially, the water, the the uh, potion of water breathing doesn't work. I'm going to die if I don't get back to the crab. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. That's the only chance I could possibly have to either survive myself or possibly save Gozer. That was something Leland and I talked about, sort of, is, is how do we make it so that you all don't die along with Gozer. So I was huh. a lot more concerned with you guys than myself. Like right, how falls we, are we in. accidentally kill the whole party or TPK the party because yeah. they want to try to it. Well, Falzern was very close to death. I thought yes. there was a, there was a chance. And 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 the the large breathing pod was also was part of that. I mean, it was served as a distraction really for the event. And the way that that was implemented was not planned way. I wanted to implement that right. And also, you could have killed, outright killed Erica, right? Like, it just, a lot of the rolls did not go the way Phil that they needed. Phil didn't use I mean, the right amount of dice, basically. There was, I think there was at least three separate occasions where uh, somebody rolled a 14 on a hit, and her AC was 15. So, oh. yeah, so the, uh, there was a few occasions where, like, one more hit gone had gone through, she would have been done. You said she right. was so close, and Bill was 2d6 clo- uh, short on his fireball. Right. So it certainly wasn't like it was a it wasn't a case of there's no way they will be able to kill Erica in this instance because I need Goza to die. Yep. There's no way that we would Absolutely. That That's would what, do that, sort of right? what I wanted to clear up because I think it sounded like uh at least from his perspective that we all sort of knew it was coming yeah, and I it totally didn't have that, that moment. Yeah. And I assured him, you know, hey, I didn't know. I I still felt that there was possibility of us getting Gozer and and I don't think it really set in from the podcast until we met Shakara, right? Yeah. Because then, then you sort of make some moment where you go, well, yeah. and that, like I said, Gozer could still come back potentially. Yeah. Nobody found a body. Just because Emily's not playing Gozer doesn't mean Gozer is like erased from existence. Exactly. Your character does not need to die before you move on to a new character. Right. If she comes back. I have her necklace for her. <laughs> So, uh, further on in the episode is when we sort of went around, we were trying to get out, and we come to the the moment where Shaft digs through a little hole and goes through the coral, and Brendel gets stuck. I wanted to sort of clear up some of the reasons for what Shaft was thinking. Oh, yeah, like when I called you a prick, and I was like, just help him out. So, from Shaft's perspective, there was one of the crabs had coral all over it, right? Maybe not being able to be used. Uh, there was only one, and there's only room for three people, and you already were in there with Falzern. So Shaft was making the decision on whether he should get in the uh, crab or Brindle would get into the crab. Luckily, Falzern was uh, knocked out, so he didn't have to worry about Falzern, you know, saying Brindle should be the guy. <laughs> so I had I had one leg up. I was just thinking at the moment, maybe. This is a good place for Brindle to end. If it's if it's between me and Brindle, Brindle's going down. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's no way Brendan would have taken Shaft over Brindle into that pod, I don't think. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I'm pretty... Brindle's pretty useless. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, I think... <laughs> and, like, going forward, she's pretty mad. And, like, helping Falzerin get out, like, Brendel's best friend or whatever, he did nothing. Bryn did it all. Bryn is, like, considering herself the hero, Brendel useless, but then was also like, Shaft, what are you doing? You've done nothing but run away. Just stick your hand out. 
So from your perspective, I can see how you think that. Yeah. But I also, from Shaft's perspective, he's the only one that was rationally thinking to get the hell out of there, to get to a place where you could breathe, because you can't, if that wall didn't fall down, you guys would be dead. Uh, More than likely. The, the, we don't know. My potion might water, be able to work. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the only thing that we know is I yelled out the potion didn't work. Right. So the assumption is drink your potion if you want to see if it works or not, or they're not going to work. From my perspective, none of them worked. I just wanted to get the hell out of there. Yeah. So I think I'm just trying to show the motivations of the characters that you don't, when you do something in the game, you have this inner thoughts that you're trying to come up with of why you're doing the thing, why your character would do the thing. You don't verbalize those out into a podcast necessarily. Yeah. True. And I think while there wasn't a lot of verbal reaction from any of us, I mean, we were in the heat of battle when, when Gozer got crushed by all of this coral, but I think I tried to play out Falzern's actions as showing that, you know, he he was not going to leave Gozer behind. And part of that is that Falzern feels guilty that the reason, the only reason any of you are down there is because of his motivations. And so if one of these people that's come along with him gets mortally wounded um, or, you know, he's not going to sit by and, and not try and intervene if he could. So. Right. And that's in the character. Yeah. Yeah. But what about Brendel? I mean, my question is Brendel was running just as fast as I was. I think Brendel has a uh, self-preservation Leland. I mean, you, you're, you're Brendel. I think Brendel is well aware of his own capabilities and taking on a giant, octopod sucker thingamajigger is not really in his repertoire. Yeah, that's so, true. So, yeah. Um, I mean, he's also seen what this what this party can do. I mean, he knows uh, Falzern's power level and, and the damage that, that Bryn can, can do. And I don't know. I think he, yeah, a little fight or flight kind of kicked in and he uh, got a little freaked out and the flight Flighted. took over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Brendel's stats are what they are. Like, Shaft, Bryn knows Shaft can deal some damage. And she was extremely frustrated that you wouldn't stick around to just kill this thing and help us all get out in a timely manner. I understand how you played Shaft. You played Shaft really well. Bryn was frustrated. And I disagree with what Emily said about how I'd rather have Brendel in the the crab than Shaft. I think I'd rather have Shaft because... Shaft and Bryn are inexplicably linked with that contract. And I think I know I need him to fulfill that contract. And as much as he's annoying me lately, he's way better of a fighter and worth more. And our money's stored together. And there's like multiple different things going on with Bryn and Shaft. Brendel, yeah, whatever. Makes a mean mean potion. Brendel makes a (laughs) terrible potion, apparently. If I would have went the other way and chose to leave Brendel to die, would you have let me in? Uh, would you have gone back for Brendel? You guys are both in there in the crab. I run in, I jump I in, we shut the door, have, and I go, like, get out of here. And Falzern was still passed out, wasn't he? Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Could have used the crab to pull Brendel out. You're in safety. You don't have to worry I about breathing water. I probably would have pulled you in. Yeah, I don't know. 
I wasn't super worried about like regaining Falzern's consciousness because it was kind of nice to have him like in the in the crab unconscious and like dealt with, <laughs> to be honest. And like Bill kept chirping and I'm like, you're unconscious or you didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah. And listening back, I think it did. I don't know. I think it was a little bit of Elena and Bill getting annoyed at each other. I think the frustration in that interchange is that he was trying to ask questions about things that he wouldn't know because he was unconscious. But like and we're you in the were heat of battle. Frustrated, right? Like, you were we frustrated with here. the situation. Yeah, I can't tell you right now. Tell you later. So that brings me to my next question. So when Shaft did get into the other with Brendel, and we went over and started beating against a wall to go get to uh, Gozer. You seemed really upset about us doing that. Like it was more important to get out at that point, which is sort of a twist on what you just said about me earlier. Because wanting to run away and now the tables have turned. The tables did turn, but the tables turned in my mind of like, I'm pretty sure she's gone. So like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have experience with like feeling like I need to go get a body and things like that. Like, I don't know, in Bryn's experience, like, her friend Ciari or her parents, you guys don't know this in character, but, like, her parents were burned to a crisp. Like, there's no body. There's no... So, I don't know. The body doesn't mean much to me. Like, she's gone. I think I was looking at it maybe from a time experience. Like, there was probably about 30 seconds from the time this thing caved in to maybe a minute maximum that we actually got back to, to that. Right? Leland, I mean, we're talking six seconds per round. But you're suffoc- yeah. like, she's suffocating already. That was explained to us. Unless she got her water-breathing potion taken. And, yeah, we not only didn't, we didn't know that, and we didn't know, you know, we only knew the amount of time. We didn't know if she was breathing or not breathing or anything like that. Okay, well, maybe I did a poor job of role-playing, and, like, as Elena was like, she did. No, I, I think what I'm trying to bring to attention is why, you know, is the amount of time is why Shaft went back to try to bust through the wall. Because he still felt that there was time to go save Gozer. That was the Okay, I, I thought it was it. just you going back for the body. And I get that I trapped Falzern and he wanted to go, but it seemed like I had already made the decision to stay. And so it didn't work out, whatever. No, I'm just bring, I'm just saying that's one of the things that I had on the list here is the, the whole thing about Brendel and the death and, and what we did after that. I felt like you deserted Falzerin, who was still alive while he was struggling, and I in Bryn's mind, Gozer was dead. So, like, you deserted people that could have been helped, but Gozer couldn't have been helped, is how I think I played it. No, oh, that makes sense. I mean, the whole situation is messy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah everybody's reaction is also going to be pretty messy, right? I yeah. just don't think there was a right thing to do in this situation. Do, do you think that during roleplay it would be uh, take us out of the roleplaying position if we had to describe our motivations, or is it better to describe the motivations so people aren't confused? What? Because they, well, the, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, Leland? yeah, I guess if if we if you in the middle of doing an action, you stop to explain that action. Does it take you out of doing that action? I think so. Yeah. I think or if I hard. stopped and said, "Hey, I don't want to save Brindle right now because there's only room for three in the the crab," that gives the other players meta knowledge that they may or may yeah. not role play against. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That meta knowledge is hard, and that's why part of like when Falzer and woke up. 
and he was like asking about all these things i was like there's no time for it right now you know what i mean I, like that meta knowledge doesn't need to be there play in the role that you were you were knocked out i think listening back i think i did a pretty good job of what an unconscious person who the last thing he remember what the last thing falls remembers is what the last thing he remembers which is trying to save gozer who in his mind maybe is still alive trapped under rubble and being attacked by this thing next thing he knows he's awake in a crab i think the questions i asked were reasonable i think so too yeah yeah i think it's you don't know how much time has passed but yeah that's the thing you don't know how much time has passed exactly so i guess that's one thing i guess i was other thing i was trying to get across is a lot of these times we'll have a, a whole podcast maybe even two sessions where a matter of only minutes pass yeah in real game and, you know, especially when you go into combat, a lot of things happen in a very short period of time. And it's hard sometimes to keep in mind that, you know, only 30 seconds have went by. And your motivations are why you do things. That was sort of the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, the the passage of time is, is the real adversary, right? I mean, again, we had, there was like three weeks between Cavern collapse, Gozer out of sight, and then us playing again like that's a lot of time right and that's a lot of discussion that the five of us have about it we too. did talk yeah. about it a lot yeah, yeah. whereas with Thuft, Thuft died in the middle of that episode right, right. so we had another right. 30 minutes of actual play with us sitting down and still continuing to play to semi deal with it or or, or whatever right or, or ignore it as characters because there are so many other things going on kind of thing you know which is I mean, which is kind of another, even with Thuff dying, like the next batch of episodes yeah. were with Adelaide Gardner. So there right. still isn't the time for the characters themselves to really role play it out or deal with it via role play. And I think you guys still did a great job of, though, injecting those aspects into the situations that you were in. And of course, you know, we had some time after those episodes and et cetera, et cetera. Like it all eventually comes out in the wash, basically. But. In the moment, it's it can seem like confusing. I sure for the listener, right? I think that as a collective, we were not as surprised as Thuff. We just weren't like for Emily to have taken over the monster and for us to have left her. Like it didn't feel it wasn't shock and awe like Thuff. Kind of felt set up. I think maybe. it did. My re- I don't think I reacted. Because I knew it was coming, obviously. I helped plan it. So I wasn't reacting in a way that was, that was like, oh no, this just happened. It was more like, okay, this happened, let's go on. And I think what happened was that shock and awe was like, okay, Gozer's trapped, you know, everything fell and cut, like we've kind of said. But we really re- replayed that shock and awe for like two weeks, three weeks, whatever, in between in our own little chat and it wasn't translated to podcast so for like the next play session we were like okay she's screwed right i had some suspicion that that you were planning something for gozer that would perhaps take her out of the party um not necessarily that she was going to be taken out by a bad guy or anything but i had suspicions that gozer was gonna find something else to do so i think that maybe detracted a little bit from my being surprised by it in the moment what gave me away (laughs) all the sulking in alleys by yourself at night (laughs) yeah 
Uh, I have a good question from from a fan, actually. Um, our number one fan, Jessica. Emily, how do you feel about saying goodbye to Gozer's character? Um, if she's really dead, which I'm not certain I believe, hashtag trust issues. So how did you feel about saying goodbye? How d- would Gozer feel about how things went down? Would she consider it a good death? Um, I do miss Gozer. It does make me sad that, for now, at least, I won't be playing her. I did like her chaoticness. That was fun. Um, but she was also frustrating, and I'm I'm happy to be getting into this other character, Shakara, and, and seeing where she goes. I think she has a really interesting story, so I'm really happy to be going on this journey. Would Gozer consider it a good death? I don't know. Um, I think it depends on whether or not she got Erica also in the end. Mm. So if if Gozer is dead, being crushed in a hallway, no, I don't... It's not a the worst way to go, but not really a good way to go either. You were reacting and defending Thuf's honor. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but it's more like you want to be cut down by a foe that is mightier than you. And I don't know that Erica totally fulfills that. Yeah, falling into a like a trap almost it, is yeah, it was, not the same as a big hulking opponent who's just stronger and has a massive axe that cuts you down or something. Right, right. Well, that's only because that's the way Gozer measures strength. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Gozer doesn't care about brain strength. She cares right. about muscle strength. That's why she loved Faldrin so much. <laughs> That's right. Um, Jess's, uh, her last question kind of leads us into Shakara, which you kind of mentioned a little bit, but did anything about the current makeup of the party influence the choices you made with this new character? Totally, 100%. All right, well, explain yourself. Okay, so I wanted to play Dragonborn because I hadn't and they sounded cool. The type of dragonborn I chose was a fire-breathing one because that would make Bill jealous. <laughs> Literally, Bill slash Falzerin. That's the only reason I chose fire. Bill's breathing. not jealous, but Falzerin probably Fal- is. Make Falzerin <laughs> jealous. I chose a paladin because we still need somebody that can be a tank, that can be the frontline fighter. But it would really be nice to have somebody that has a little bit of healing ability. Yeah. So. So Paladin fits the bill. I mean, I didn't want to be a cleric. I could have been like a war cleric or something, but I've played cleric a lot. I needed a break from cleric. So I never played Paladin, so I wanted to try that. So yeah, it was that, that's main driving force be- behind those cha- those choices. And good. I wanted to be good because, let's, let's face it, Brand and Shaft are not good. Neutral. That's what I was going to yeah, ask. They're, they're not good. We're super neutral, guys. I was going to ask if alignment played a role at all as well. Yeah, the... yeah. So Falzern started good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I consider him good anymore. Mr. Warlock. So yeah. I thought it'd be really interesting to get a good character in there and see the interaction. Like, you guys go and try and steal something. Shakara is not going to be down for that. Right. She's not. She wouldn't have stolen those crabs. She wouldn't have been happy with that. So just to, to throw in that interaction and throw in that uh, conflict, I thought it would be really interesting. Maybe some of Falzern's good side will come back to the surface. Yeah, maybe. And then also, like, 
when something happens, I think it's probably hard for Leland to get to motivate us to get to go do something because we don't have a good. We don't want to have a person that wants to go save people just because they should be saving people. And it's... What do you think I did to Falzern? If Falzern, and if Falzern <laughs> wants to do that, it, generally everyone just shuts him down. Yeah. So maybe they'll so be... So now it's two on two. Exactly. Yeah. With Brendel hanging about. Two and a half. <laughs> it, it gives him another lever to pull, for sure. Yeah. So we uh, we sort of pulled, uh, we uh, took well, the crabs I, well, up. Before we you picked, go on, oh, sorry. I just want to say that uh, David Dave, Super McDad, said he was he would miss Gozer, and that made me happy to hear that that she will be, she will be missed by yeah, somebody. I think we're all gonna miss her. She was fun. She was an interesting uh, addition to the group for sure. I felt like there was more <laughs> I wanted Bryn to like figure out about her. I don't know. If there was anything to figure out about. Well, Gozer. there was like glimpses, you know. I will most miss Gozer and Thuft. That that duo I really liked. They yeah. were cool together. Yeah. It was fun playing with stuff. I was hoping that they could have kind of re- retired together. So what? What do? You, what would the party do had Thuft survived? And we get oh, this point, wow. and now goes or dies, and Thuft is still around. Mm, would she have charged down mm. that hallway if she? Because she threatened Thuft, so that's oh sure. Oh yeah, I guess it would ripple, and like a lot of circumstances yeah. would change. I mean, um... would we still have? Brend- would Brendel be around? Would would maybe we could have like a spin-off Brendel stuff team up show? <laughs> <laughs> where there's a solo session where Leland's doing both sides, Brendel and Thuft. But if, if Gozer died, would Thuft stay or would he take off on his own and go back to his mountain? If he stayed with us, he'd be used to find traps a lot more than before. I think Thuft this would is, take off. This I is think true. Bryn would remember that she has a friend in the mountain full of treasure, though. And maybe try to, I don't know, remember. Thuft would leave, because I think the only reason Thuft was with Gozer is because it was a stronger leader, Yeah, right? Goblins tend to go with that. The only reason Thuft was hanging around with us as a group is because of because of Gozer. He wasn't really impressed or didn't like the rest of us much at all, I don't think. No. No. <laughs> Speak but for yourselves. though, Brendel was Thuft's. Wizard. So if Brendel wasn't going to go with Thuft, maybe oh. Thuft would have stuck around because Brendel's his. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that being a motivation that would keep him around. Maybe. Yeah, but maybe. we're going to off Brendel pretty soon anyway. So. We are not. Yeah. Yeah. Brendel's got to go. <laughs> Brendel's got to go. Hashtag Brendel's got to go. Y'all are going to be chewing on fireballs and there will be no sculpting of areas of safety. <laughs> That's okay. I'm fire resistant. Oh. <laughs> she would be. Shakara, Shakara. Okay, so we, we got back in the crabs. We headed out, grabbed uh, Grimby Chum and Jerry on the way. Oh, Jerry. Uh, no one yeah, remember don't forget his Jerry. <laughs> and uh, we went back, got out before the, uh, the whole cave collapsed, and came up to the surface to find a dragonborn, which we've already spoke about quite a bit. Yeah, we just out, spent uh, 30 minutes talking about the first of three yeah. episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. But we finally did did make it over to the, uh, made it over to the shore, uh, got out, and had a quick discussion about some of the things that went down. You got the necklace, and uh, we decided we were going to, at least I think we all decided that collectively that we 
found these crabs and we uh, didn't know how to drive them, didn't know anything about them. That was the story you told Shakara, yeah. Right. And because I think there was really no other way out of that, right? Yeah. You don't think you could have got away with keeping them? Uh, I, I don't know what we would do with them. They're very heavy and we don't have Gozer anymore, so... There are I mean, still underwater tasks at hand. No, no, I thought about that too. You can always go back and get them and then, you know, go down the river or whatever in those fine pieces of machinery yep, yep. with 200 hit points, right? <laughs> um, Not anymore. The, well, Unless you uh, mended yeah. them. They're a little they damaged. They didn't get too hard. They Not didn't get too hit bad. too hard. I don't Not think ours hard. even got hit. No, I don't think so. Just the one took the most damage from the coral that collapsed on it. Yeah, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's still potentially up there. But I think if they found out we stole it, it would go a lot worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a feeling that Shakara being like the outsider and quickly identified as good, there might be a lot of little steely, sneaky tasks that Shaft and Bryn and Falzerin uh, might, you know, discuss without her present. You're going to have to get sneaky sneakier. Yeah. Because I also don't care. I'd probably, but but you know what I mean. The first thing we saw was her shoot fire from her mouth, right? Yeah, she didn't so seem all that good at first. She's not s- somebody to be trifled with. I mean, I think the best thing was to just pretend like, "Hey, look what we found. We're we're gonna head back to town." I think Grimby was actually the one that we decided was going to right. give the information. Right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and Jerry. Okay, so that wraps up 51. Then we went to 52, a strong ale and a good heart. Aw, strong strong ale? Was that like a intended uh, stronghold? Yeah. It, it wasn't, but <laughs> I yes, thought it, it was. was. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Good job, Leland. Stronghold, strong ale. Come on, just pretend. And very obviously, Bonacore couldn't be here to join us, even though he wanted to for the after party. But Yeah, so... I had a great time with Bonacore. I thought he did a fantastic job overall. And uh, we went in and met Mr. Rugar Alebender with his amazing beer wagon. And I guess since uh, since he's not here, um, Leland, can you fill us in on some of the background and things that you guys talked about prior to uh, him coming on the show? Um, just that uh, he basically stereotyped our guest as a, a dwarven <laughs> brewmaster as <laughs> well because steven's very big into beers and different right and, beers and he is a very a short man yes very short man <laughs> he's not oh, and... i did not feel that he's when i met him very short he's he's short <laughs> okay. so the wagon yeah the, the wagon was was my idea i had kind of had this this idea and he was fully on board he'd like lean right into it and when I was messaging him back and forth, he was like, okay, give me, I want, I need these deets, these, 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 like this, this, what's this, this, and this, and this, like ask all these questions so he could get really into it and like build this, this character for himself, which was awesome. Did he at any point think we would attack him? (laughs) (laughs) All of our, I think all of our other guests have thought that at some point. I don't know if, if we We only have attacked one. Yes, but we've considered attacking all of them. Baldrum <laughs> yes. has not considered attacking Whatever. probably any of them. Whatever. 
Um, I thought it, like, I thought it was a hard position for him to be put in because we had just played out leaving Gozer. And it was yeah. like, hey, special guest, uh, distract us, entertain us, we're... Yeah, but also, I mean, that's that's a good way to... Lighten the blow? Yeah, I mean... Have a little wake? Have... Yeah, exactly. Have some drinks <laughs> in drunk. memory of your friend, or you know, I I think it's fitting. Did anyone think it would end with Bonacore singing? In no, Irish <laughs> song? no. That, was awesome. that was amazing. I mean, it's it's now tradition that a song gets sung when someone dies. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. True. You got out of that, Leyland. Uh, thankfully. Because <laughs> Emily was like, messing me. She's like, when Gozer's gone, Didn't I expect you, sing you to sing as a song. Brendel in the after party or something? <laughs> yeah, for Thufty. Yeah. Oh, Thufty boy. Yeah. That's right. It's hard. I mean, we get the ahead with the NPCs usually weeks in advance, and we never know where we're going to be in the storyline when yeah. that's going to fit in. And I think that just sort of worked out that way. Yeah. But I think it went over pretty well. So we did learn some great information from Rugar that his father went missing some 20 years ago in search of the snow bloom, the six-pointed flower, mm-hmm. which looks a lot like the six-pointed star. Uh, you know, Rugar drew it out on a piece of paper to show us what it was. So this is in the Vor- Vorgarag Mountains, which, you know, I'm pretty familiar with, and I believe Shakara is even... No. Somewhat for, uh, from the area, but not in the mountains, right? Yeah, Chikara's not been in the mountains. Altenshik is at the base of the mountain, though, correct? Sort of. Okay, I'm just trying to give the listeners an idea. But Altenshik is to the east of the mountains, and Shakara is actually from a village that's north of Altenshik. Okay. So, but she still hasn't gone, because, I mean, again, she's 15, and she's just now setting off on her own for the first time. She just hasn't gone that way. She's been up and down the coast all the way down to Port Randis. And that's, I mean, she's only been out for three months. She hasn't made it far. So we learned that the uh, snow bloom is, could be uh, brewed into ale that could give permanent statistical bonuses or, or however you want to say it, um, could boost your stats. So we've been, uh, we're going to be finding some of those flowers is the idea. Take them down to Drakal where we can give them to Rugar Airbender's family and potentially make some hellacious coin, which I know has not been agreed to. But <laughs> yeah, what I is the thought amount? it was a perfect perfect opportunity to see if uh, Stephen was going to set a price or if Leland was going to contradict whatever price. <laughs> Yeah. I was uh, interested <laughs> like, if he was going to give you a figure too, because I wasn't going to interrupt. Stephen was yeah, Stephen was too gracious and kind. One million gold pieces. Yeah, just because he tells you a total doesn't mean that's what you're going to get. <laughs> no, absolutely. Now I would I would make the argument that something that is it's almost like a potion, right? I mean, it's it is a potion, and yeah. giving somebody a stat bonus permanently would be a pretty significant potion, legendary item. I would almost say absolutely. Yeah. Which would be, uh, you know, worth a lot. So I think Shaft sort of, not only was he just trying to be Shaft, but I think it's it's a very valuable thing. So, yeah, it should, go, it should come at a high price. 
Um, after that, we went into Pisces to the Jack Deal, drank some more beer, <laughs> had a good time. We had some singing. We and then we had the moment for Gozer's eulogy uh, to sort of have a send off, and that was about it for the episode fifty two. Anybody want to say anything else about any of that? Shaft is not going to feel good in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I what I what I liked about fifty two was that uh, Shakara was able to get a bit of highlight, it, it, that her, her this newcomer wasn't lost in the mm-hmm. you know sphere of this NBC guest, and I think Stephen did a very a gracious job of not uh, imposing his own presence upon some of the parties. Uh, role play just because he's here uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah i think that was well well done on his part and i think the role playing as a whole for that episode was well done on all of your parts i really enjoyed yeah, it he fit in well i think so too yeah let's have him on every time <laughs> he said he'd come back so maybe after we find the flower that wouldn't be hard to schedule at all i wouldn't mind stat buffs all the time yeah right structs and weaponry and uh, madness that could, you know, be going, uh, building up to take over everything. And maybe Samuel Cultus has seen that for a long time and trying to uh, build up something to protect the world from that. We don't know. Thoughts, Leland? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching his face. And the, our job is for the mayor of Goldham to take yeah. out the towers. So why... He's concerned because of the wildlife and the crazy stuff going on, but is there something else at play? Hmm. Well, and he wasn't the one that made the original deal to yeah. have the towers built. Right. He, so, the Lakely bad. family is tied to the Coltis family, for sure. Right, so Blake Lakely might not know all the information about what's going on with the towers and why they were built. He just knows that his town's being attacked and he doesn't have his cushy living anymore. Lakely has to know that the Lakely name worked with the Coltis name to build those towers. Like, they were right. Like, the blueprints were right. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean he knows why the towers were built. No, not necessarily, but it's funny that he would want his own construction deconstructed or taken down or depowered. Like, well, because he's lost his cushy position. His his town's being attacked, and he no longer is living the high life. That's all he sees. I mean, he seems like a very shallow person. Unless it's a setup. It could be a setup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's so many different possibility. There's so many different options, and I swear, most of the time on our private chat, we're just giving Leland ideas. <laughs> <laughs> a good uh, yeah a good dm is always open to listening like, quietly listening that, to their players absolutely <laughs> um it's funny because like there's bits and pieces of information that a lot of you individually have that i st- sometimes struggle to remember that only that person has uh so it's really difficult to, to comment but i have just one question after listening to all this from you guys is then what has caused this fissure between Isabella and Erica? We don't know that. That's the one thing that that seems a little a little odd uh, to me. But the only information we really the have is what Falzern's told and us. His cute little bum, you know. <laughs> yeah, what Falzern has told us about what his bum Isabella. Wants. <laughs> Right? I don't even think Falzerin knows why Erica's on the outs. Well, he doesn't and, act and, like he And does. if he does, he hasn't shared that. Yeah, I don't think he would. 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he certainly always says he's sharing everything, but I don't know. Falzern has had his fair share of private conversations with Isabella. That is certainly not in question. And I don't know what would come between Isabella and Erica other than this cute little wizard that wants a place at the table. You know, I don't know. But why is she so ready to give it to Falzern? And why is she right. so ready to he, turn on her sister? Falzern was offered that place at the table, right? Like, yeah, I know. That's a question that you should know the answer to, hopefully. <laughs> I, I don't think we have enough information to put that piece of the puzzle together right now. Bill's not saying anything. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, no comments over here, huh? <laughs> Especially every time we say Deep Sire. He's like, You hit the nail on the head. What's that? Deep Sire. <laughs> oh, crap. It's something so much worse. Probably. Maybe there's um, another group at play that we haven't come across yet. Powerful group. I have a it's feeling. It's also pulling strings. Uh huh. Well, I mean, also, like, where the hell do these weird bugs come from? Yeah, where yeah, do right. the bugs come the from? The heck is what's going on with them? Who's their overlord? Birthing eggs all why over the place. They, why are they digging tunnels in the mountains? Right. I guess that leads us to 53, where we talk about Shakara, who had a little more information to add to the storyline about things such as that. So, since uh, this is really just Leland and Emily to discuss. I say, how convenient, though, that we meet Emily... We're drinking, and she has forever to tell us all this stuff, too. So she's pretty much filled us in, right? Yep. You guys know uh, everything that happened in... Pretty much my recounting of everything that happened in 53. But we don't share much with you. (laughs) No, you didn't share, or not that I remembered, anyway. (laughs) But, like, none of the other three that are, like, Shaft, Bryn, Falzer, we haven't talked backstory much at all. No one's been able to hear each other's backstories, but, like, you're the first backstory we could listen to, basically. Well, yeah, I think Shikara's going to be more of a little chatterbox. Um, She's willing, very open, because she's not had the experience to make herself be closed off from the world yet. So she's still Oh, we'll give give it to her. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) She, She will not survive this relationship unscathed, I'm sure. I think um, Falzern probably started out similar to that, but when thrust into a group with nobody else, everybody else who's very tight-lipped and not sharing, you know, that I'm doesn't hoping, make... Yeah, I'm hoping Shikara will be able to draw Falzern's backstory out. She wow. very well may be able to, yeah. I don't know that it's necessarily the case that Falzern is completely opposed to sharing anything, but when you're traveling with three other folks who... Aren't Don't sharing, <laughs> aren't sharing a who murder people? Yeah, like, yeah. So, right away. Do Do you think that us knowing as players that there's a lot of times where people go off mic and have these little conversations and then they come back and in the storyline you shouldn't really even see anything, right? Do you think it's our untrustingness with each other? Us trust untrustworthiness we have with each other is because of the players knowing there's a lot of side things going on. Because I I have a feeling that there are a lot of character things that happen sort of, you know, off to the side that the other people wouldn't even know about at all to give you a feeling of not trusting them. You guys follow what I'm saying? Yeah, again, we, we go back to this this metagaming problem that every I mean the 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 very 
the the subtraction of information is still an addition of info of meta gaming information, right? Like, yeah, not right. knowing some knowing you don't know something, you still know something. I mean, that's right. How the hell do you get around that, right? Like, it's impossible. I I don't know. I'm frustrated with it from time to time because yeah. I feel like we get our characters. There's things that we say in our character voices, and I think, oh wait, that really you really wouldn't think that. Or you wouldn't have the information to know that that, like we really get on Falzern a lot about, you know, I, I did the same thing when he's, when he cast uh, Eldritch Blast. Uh, my argument was my character knew that right. he, what that spell was and things. But if we, if we didn't, there would have been no reason for us to ever question that it wasn't a wizard spell. Yeah. So those are really hard things to, to keep right. in mind. I mean, and that was, it. I mean, when that was happening, that decision I mean, that was the conversation that Bill and I had, and I came to basically the same consensus. And yes, Shaft's background uh, particularly gives him more knowledge than what the rest of the party would have, but you're completely right. I mean, none of you none of you are wizards. Why, how would you know the difference between a wizard spell and something that may only a warlock has access to? So I would argue that our party should be... We even though we know each other has things going on on the side or have a reason to not trust each other. Inherently, we've been together, what, a month now maybe in-game? Yeah, barely. And we, I, I would still argue that we probably still have each other's backs in general. Yeah. Yeah. I think more than we used to, yeah. Yeah, I think the we're, we're all, I think we all would push, come to shove, look out for each other. I mean, we've kind of borne that out in gameplay. But for whatever reason, we're still not sharing a lot with each other. Um, and I think that partly comes down to character personalities. Do you, do you think that any of it has to do with the fact that like we already role play a lot in general, so we don't have the desire to sit around a pub and talk about backstories because yeah. we role play like through the whole episode. I think as that's it part is. of it. I think part of it is that you know maybe there's just not a lot of opportune times where as character as players we think it makes sense just to have a. 20 minute chat about what Falzerin did in his teens or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> We'd rather spend an hour about deciding what to do, you know? Well, yeah, right. If that's, the, <laughs> if that's the case, then it needs to be made clear that it is, it's not a, it's not a matter of that particular bit of information uh, is being withheld from the rest of the party by your character, but that, yeah, my character would inform you of this stuff, but we're not going to sit around here and subject yeah. everybody listening to, li- yeah. to listen to a recounting of it, right? So that distinction I needs to be made sometimes. And, um, I mean, we just recorded a little bit before this. There were quite a few sections where we had some people on mic and, and many people off. And, you know, uh, some of that information, well, obviously all of that information, it was not shared in that gameplay that we had, obviously. But again, is it like, other than that instance, is it, is it, it's hard to discern sometimes whether or not it is that the character withholding the information purposefully, or if it's like, well, okay, we, we now we've stopped and if we don't play again for another three weeks, right. that information gets shunted to the side just because of the gap of, of play, right? Sometimes that happens. Right. I mean, it's even, it's the same thing, even recounting, you guys recounting some of your theories, like, I mean, I know there are little tidbits of information that are not being brought up that may shed more light, but like, should yeah. I bring those up? <laughs> like, uh, I'd... Right, probably not. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to lead you in any 
direction. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the decision making of what to do next based on what we know could be you don't want to railroad it into a, a direction, but we could go off on a whole different tangent for a lot of reasons. I think what you've done, at least from my perspective, like the whole thing with the flower in the Vorgarog Mountains, is you you put that there, but then you said the key thing that it looks like the six-pointed star, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think if you would have... And I think that's a good DM trait, right? You're you're giving a piece of information that they could pick up on and then can follow through. I don't think if you would have said that, we would have been as interested in going to find the father yeah. and go get the beer thing. I, th- I don't think we would have done it at all. We would have been more about one of the other lines that we've already been following. Yeah, well, I, and that's, that's funny that you say that because I didn't even really put those those together because i'm like i'm surprised at like how interested you guys are in in pursuing this i'm like okay i wasn't quite expecting them to be really into this mount necrosis (laughs) thing but (laughs) okay let's go Well, see, now you just blew it all out of the water. Yeah, and now you're taking it back. Now you're like, why did I say six-pointed? You just fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) But i think that's that's fair for a dm to do because if Falzern has seen this symbol on top of the dam and the symbol on Erica's door frame, and right. then also sees this flower that really reminds him of those symbols, that would stand out to Falzern. Oh, absolutely. It is information that you, you need to have yeah. described to you. It's just like, I'm just like from my, again, it's because I have all of the knowledge and in my like in my mind it's it, there's a like a hierarchy of events that i think you guys prioritize and then <laughs> you always switch those priorities around for yourselves and throws my list <laughs> out the window so it's funny it's just like i find it interesting witnessing how the party's priorita- priorities change based on something maybe insignificant maybe significant that that i think Maybe one way or the other too, right? Like I, I don't know. I think that's that's part. That's the cool part of DMing for for me too, right? Is again, it's I like being more reactionary than you know having something planned out. I like reacting to to what you guys do. What would you do if Bryn stole Falzern's cube and took the towers herself, like in the middle of the night? Tell. Tell Elena she needs to roll up a new character. <laughs> yeah. uh, we would have uh, we'd have a series of probably a series of episodes, solo episodes for you and I. I should at least do it because then I get some solo episodes out of it. <laughs> Airtime, baby. Just kidding. Well, I really enjoyed Shakara's solo episode. I think uh, Emily, your 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 the first like ten minutes that you wrote oh, up yeah. and recorded was was great it was it was yeah, perfect yeah, i agree Thank it you. was really good you wrote that all yourself yeah that was really good thanks i thought it i thought she sounded like super pretentious when i listened back but then i thought well yeah that's fitting yeah <laughs> you really slammed the doors itself <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she's not fond of them <laughs> they save people too they just need to make a profit otherwise they'd be out of business saving people is secondary well, and, and you know, it's again with this lead up of knowing, like, you know, Gozer is going to be quote unquote retired. Like, Emily and I basically like played over Discord a few things too, right? And uh, over the course of like a day or whatever, we can kind of go back and yeah. forth and 
basically play. So that's that was fun for me too. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Cool. Anything else on fifty three? The the solo episode? Anything that you guys talk about the interaction between you or the information that was given that uh, wasn't out there before or anything like that? We kind of already talked about this, but I I think it was really refreshing for to have a party member know some information and share it with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. We'd probably be further ahead in solving this mystery if everybody shared everything with each oh, other. Oh, is that true? Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like, yes. If John's this got one hundred true. If Shaft has a crown, I know and there's falls a, and has a lot a of times I get very frustrated because there's. I know I could just say something, and I could get the complaints against what I'm doing off my shoulders. Right. Right. I could give that piece of information, and then everybody would go, "Oh, I understand." But Shaft is not going to give up that piece of information because information is power, right? Valuable. Being able to know what's going on is valuable, especially for somebody like him, a bounty hunter, uh, a guy who goes and talks to the, the guys on the street to get the information and those kind of things. So it's, it, it, as John, it's very frustrating because I know I could give a piece of information and it would solve the issue of everybody distrusting what he's doing for the most part. Yeah. And not in all cases, but I mean, keep in mind, Shaft is going to look out for number one first. I think we've all established that day one. <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, I think each one of the characters, like Falzern, of course, is. I'm sure there's plenty of things you could say that would enlighten us to help us feel uh, more trusting of you. Same with Bryn. The funny thing Bryn is, has a lot of back information. if Bryn was to open, I don't know if there's much Bryn needs to open up about, but if Bryn could only, in my mind, if Bryn could only get all the information, she could maybe figure out the puzzle. And so Bryn's like, to get the information though, instead of just asking, she'd rather sneak around and probably like figure it out herself. And then none of you know that I got the information because you didn't tell me I got, you know what I mean? That's what Bryn... Right, so I think we're getting... It's we're, weird. Our... our <laughs> little pieces of the puzzle that we're not sharing with each other it's almost went from just keeping them as secrets for ourselves to almost being i don't want to say vindictive but more we're not sharing for the farther along we go the less we share with each other it seems like we're getting farther apart from a sharing standpoint <laughs> than it is growing closer i think as a group to protect each other we all know we need each other's pieces of the puzzle so we're going to help each other but as far as actually helping us all put the pieces together, we're not doing doing that for our own reason. Maybe Shakara will change that yeah. for us, though. In, That's what I'm thinking. In comes Shakara to save the day. <laughs> she she could be that person everybody confides in, and then she's the one that puts the whole puzzle together. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just I just remembered I had a question. My own question. Oh. Yeah. Does anyone want to give Bryn inspiration for saving Falzerin? Out of the mouth of the AirPod. That's a good question. I mean, how many in. how many inspirations are we Falls in right in. now? <laughs> I just really like fishing for inspiration. So we've given out inspiration twice out of a total of five. But I mean, giving it to Bryn is good because in a clutch moment, it gives her advantage, which gives her the sneak attack and all this stuff. So like, it's a pretty good person. We're to not going to min max inspiration. Okay, we're going to give out inspiration because <laughs> it's worthy just, of being doled. On Mike, I have to ask: Anyone want to give me inspiration? <laughs> I well, the way the way I look at this, and obviously it's not my decision. 
uh, as per the system. I don't deserve it. Fine. But I look at that <laughs> akin to Gozer jumping off the cliff. I yeah. think that yeah. situation is very similar. Okay. You did something stupid for yeah. a purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leland, I think you've always um, come come to look at inspiration from a more so from a standpoint of like really impressive role play or rather than something cool we do in battle. Is that accurate? It can be bad well, too. Well, y- yes, and I think that is the that was the idea behind that rule because I mean, uh, how how do you award somebody for performing something that is specific to their class? Like right. they're supposed to be good at doing the stuff that they do. Right. Like when you cast a particular spell, it has a, has a has a good battlefield control effect. Yes, that was a great use of your spell, but like you're supposed to know what the spell does and be able to use it effectively. Yeah. So I don't know that that's a tough line, and thankfully it's not on my shoulders anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I I think it's one of those things where we'll all know when it happens. All right. Right. I think we'll all go. Yeah, that's that deserves that. I, I think it'll just click. I'm tempted because of nepotism and because it was my butt who got <laughs> saved. But he almost died. I did. Yeah. And I feel yeah. I feel like I was inspired, but it's fine. It's cool. It was an inspiring feat. Brand. I mean, I'm the humblest person I know. But <laughs> <laughs> I will say that Emily has come closer to killing a party member than I have. Hey, wait a second. Whose idea <laughs> was it for me to bite Falzerin with the breath well, feeding I mean, pod? What is it going to do? Was it's it got my him idea? In its arm. Of course it's going to I gonna got bite. an urgent message through Discord. Bite yeah. him now. <laughs> bite him now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Bite him, you did. (laughs) Swallowed him whole. And then was immediately very worried. Yeah. Cute buns and all. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny is if you had landed one of those bites earlier and swallowed him earlier, he probably would have had less damage on him. (laughs) And might have actually been, like, survived being swallowed. So now you're blaming me again. Yeah, it's your fault. I didn't (laughs) control it. It was a lot of acid damage, though. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a lot of. It was a static, like twelve, acid damage. Yeah, that stings. I like how fall. I like how Falter got revived and then out again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was a good. A good series of three. Yeah, yeah I think so. Anybody? Anything else? Any other questions? Or this anything? is the part where someone randomly jumps in and starts signing off, and I had, we don't know what's going on. Did you have any more questions? I didn't have any. No, I didn't have. I didn't have any work. Oh no! All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up. Uh, perhaps the first time ever we're going to do this. Um, we're going to all say our names at the same time. No, no, okay. we're going to do this successfully on the first try. Oh, oh How? my goodness! All right. Let's. It, it, it starts with me, right? No. Yeah. It starts with Leland. Oh. No wait. No, Leland. Ends no, Leland it. always in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, I'm Shaft and John. I've been Emily, and I am now Shakara. I've been Bill, and I'm still Falzerin. I'm Elena, and you're about to hear me as Pam. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Leland Steele. <laughs> Jacques. Jacques Lebou. Happy adventuring. Yeah. Ha- ha- oh, yeah. Happy adventuring. <laughs> oh, jeez. <boy. laughs> oh, <laughs>
And that's our show. Our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. For your own musical inquiries, contact jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. All other music and ambient noise is courtesy of tabletopaudio.com. The Encouragement Party is sponsored by Critical Hit Design. Visit criticalhitdesign.com for all of your graphic design needs. You can find more info on the characters and world at encouragementparty.com. Enjoying the show? Have any questions or rules corrections? Email us, contact at encouragementparty.com or reach out on social media. The Encouragement Party on Facebook and Instagram at EncourageablePar on Twitter using the hashtag AfterPartyIP for a shout-out during our behind-the-screen after-party episodes that drop every fourth release. Happy adventuring! So here, here's a good thing. Let's discuss exactly how we're going to do it. That way we can knock it out of the and park. And Leland can edit this part out. He can edit it out. He, he won't he edit can. it out. <laughs> he can. So John, Emily... Bill, Elena, Bill, Elena Leland. Leland. <laughs> All right, we got so this, guys. Crazy. We got this. <laughs> <sighs>